Luke chapter 16 uh, this evening. Luke chapter 16, and I'm very thankful for all that God did. So many things, and I'll I, I just be honest, so many things that God did that I just wrote down in my, in my journal book and just thanking God for what He's doing and uh, to look back one day and remember what God's done and uh, what, what He's done in our family, through our family. And it, it completely, it just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But I'm so thankful uh, to, that I'm on his team, amen, and uh, he's helping me, and he's my father, and I'm thankful for that this evening. Luke chapter 16, and we'll start reading here in verse 27. The Bible says, then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to pray. And God, what a privilege it is, dear Lord, to uh, come to church on a Wednesday night. And Lord, what a privilege it is to gather together with uh, like-minded believers. And what a privilege it is to be called your children. And Lord, we come here to you tonight, Lord, with God, no doubt, this burden, God, this message, Lord, that you have put inside of us, dear God. And we ask that you would please take this message, God, and use it. For your glory, I pray for every child of God here tonight. Lord, you know where they're at with you, God. You know their need. God, I pray that you'd speak to them, help them. God, I pray for every sinner that's here tonight, God, that you'd speak to their heart. And I pray, God, more than anything, Lord, that us that are saved, Lord, that we would allow the Spirit of God to speak to us, and God, that we would be willing, uh, God, to, to, to change our life to line up more with your word. And Father, I pray, God, that everything that's said and done this evening, and God, may it be, give you the glory. May we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. As we get to Luke chapter 16, a very, very familiar very, uh, passage of Scripture here, but uh, sadly, a lot of times it's a little bit too familiar. And I want to give a little introduction tonight before I get into the, uh, the thought from this uh, Scripture. And I want to say some things really quick about the subject of hell. If we know anything, we are living uh, obviously in the last days, is, and we know that at any moment Jesus could come, that at any moment we could be out of this old world and what a joy, what a blessing and what a, what a thrill it would be, amen, to see Jesus this evening, amen. Uh, but if we were just honest this evening and we look around at this world, uh, we would see that the majority of this world is not ready to see Jesus, amen. The majority of the church world is not ready to see Jesus. And we find here the subject of hell. And we find in the Bible some things very quickly on the subject of hell. I want to say still in 2021 that hell is a place for sinners. Amen. We must understand one thing in this day and time. We have religions, we have cults, we have denominations that are teaching many different things about hell. Uh, we have religions that teach that 
Hell is a place where you go and you burn and you're consumed and then you are no longer tormented. And then we have religions that believe that uh, you go to a place of purgatory where one day God will decide based on your works whether you should go to hell or heaven. And where all these religions, all these cults have one thing in common, none of thing that they believe comes from the Bible, amen? That's a big problem. You have Adventists that believe uh, the simple thought that uh, that hell will is an afterthought in their mind and that it's something that one day if there's certain people that will go there and they'll be consumed and all of their theory comes from a lady named Ellen G. White. Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, all of their writings come from man. As a matter of fact, even Catholicism, even many of your denominations will now have your, your Bible as a, as a doctrinal book, but they also have somebody else's book there to prove their points. And so for that reason, hell is a topic in this same time that what used to, it was heaven and hell. That was the only two places to go. But now because of the lack of preaching the book, we have so many different beliefs. We have so many different false doctrines. We have so much heresy out there today. They believe that hell is a place solely designed for the devils and its angel. We, we, we find that that is true, but can I say ever since the fall of man in the garden, there has been man and woman, a boy and girl that have left this world and have went to the flames of hell because it is a place for sinners. A place of sinners, a place of all sorts of sinners, rich people, poor people, people that uh, have no belief in religion, people that uh, have the form of godliness but deny the power. There are people in hell all the way back from the Adam and Eve's days all the way to our day in 2021. Hell is a place for sinners. You, this evening, no doubt, work with sinners. This evening, no doubt, you live next door to people that are sinners and they have never been saved and those people one day have a destination in hell. We find that it's a place for sinners. We also find that hell is a place of suffering. As I said, many religions teach and many cults and some denominations teach that hell is a place you will go to. You will be consumed with fire and your body will turn to ash and that will be all of the punishment for you. But can I say according to my Bible that, uh, that, that hell is a place of eternal punishment. It is a place where the, uh, uh, where the fire will never stop burning. It's a place hey, where the, the body will can be consumed forever and forever. It is a place of suffering. Nobody in hell right now would have the desiring thought for you to be there with them. Because it's a place of suffering. Hell is also a place of separation. We find here in our Bible, we find that there is a great gulf fixed between the two places here in our passage of Scripture. We know this is pre-Calvary. We understand at this time you had paradise and you had uh, hell right across from each other. And then Jesus died on the cross and he set the captives free and he took everybody to heaven with him. Thank God for that. Amen. But we still understand that there is a separation in between heaven and hell. That means this evening when your family and your friends and your co-workers and the people you see every day when, when they die without God, you will never see them again. Separation. Reunions. There will be no reunions. There will be no Christmas. There'll be, there'll no, there is no positivity. There is no encouraging things. There is nothing wonderful coming from hell because it's a place of separation. 
a place of separation. This day and time, if, if I'll just be honest, we, we, we like to preach the politics. We like to preach the, the standards. We like to preach the convictions. We like to preach it hard. We want to preach it hard. Hey, and we ought to, thank God. But can I say, if we're going to do anything in these last days, we ought to get our mind on the fact that there is still a literal burning hell where people are still going to. And it ought to consume our life. It ought to consume our spiritual life. Real quickly, I want to look at Psalms 126, verse 6. If you want to go there, you can. But I'll read it very quickly. You find a verse here that says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. We find a verse here that is applicable to soul winning. And the Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. That simply means that if you're not winning souls, you're not wise. That's not Brother Josh's uh, commentary on that. That is what the Bible teaches. And can I say there, listen, you say, I'm not a preacher. It doesn't matter. I'm not a deacon. It doesn't matter. Hey, listen, there is no title. Hey, if you're a child of God, you're called to win souls for the glory of God. Winning souls. So we, we all the time, we, and it's something so basic, but we all the time, we, we as Christians, we as independent Baptists, we as in the Southeast, we want some new fancy sermon that, man, we ain't never heard before. I mean, a preacher to pull out some nugget, man, that's, that just blows our mind, and we sit back and we think, man, that was so, but we can't even get the basic things down. And we want the meat. God help us. So winning. If I was to go around this room this evening, if we were to go around the room and we were to stand and say, how many souls have you personally won to the Lord? A lot of us would probably bow our head ashamed of what we've not done for God. The Bible says here, he that goeth forth. I think a lot of times we can go, we can go, we got it. We go and we go knock on doors. We go to the neighbors. We go, we hand out to invitations to church. We say, hey, we'd love to have you at church. We would love to have you come. Did you know though in the Bible, this ain't gonna sit well with some folks, but it'll be okay, amen? Did you know the Bible, you don't find anywhere where sinners were called or were, were, were commanded to go to church? Christians were. But there is not a verse in the Bible where a sinner that's never been saved was commanded to go to the house of God. You know why that is? Hey, friend, because the church is for the Christian and we as Christians are supposed to be out there hey, winning souls and bringing them in hey, to the family of God and to the church house so they may learn the Bible in this place. But we want sinners to come here and get clean when we ought to be wanting them out there to get claimed, amen. Get saved out there. Get saved out on the street somewhere. Hey, learn who Jesus is on the street. Hey, find out they're a sinner. Hey, and bow their head and ask Jesus to save them on the side of the street corner, on the front porch somewhere, maybe on the workplace. Hey, that's winning souls, friend. Go with forth. If you look at your Bible and you begin to study, there is a theme that goes throughout all the stories, through all the texts, and that is a theme of going and sending. 
All the throughout the Bible, you'll find it going and sending, going and sending. And that is, the, that is the desire of Jesus Christ. Listen, you may not be called to go to Guatemala. You may not be called, hey, to go to China. But you are called, hey, to be a missionary. Hey, in the place that God has you in your life. Here it says, he that goeth forth and weepeth. I'll come back to that in a minute. And it says, bearing precious seed. That's the word of God. Amen. I'm glad I'm a Baptist. And I'm so glad that, I, hey, listen, when I go try, I, I'm not trying to win people to a baptism de- denomination. I'm not trying to win people to an AA club. Hey, listen, I'm not trying to win people to, hey, to come to some court. I'm glad that, hey, listen, I get to bear the precious seed, the word of God. I get to take that places, hey, in Guatemala, hey, places that I never even knew existed. Hey, some of those people don't even get the, uh, don't even know they exist, but I get the privilege to take the Bible to them. What a privilege it is we have as children of God, hey, to fold our Bible up underneath our arms and go to this world and bear the seed of the Word of God. What a privilege. It's not a burden. It's not an obligation. It is, and listen, if you make it one, your life will be miserable. Hey, it is a, it is a, it is a privilege to carry this book. The precious seed. We find here that there's a promise here that shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That is a promise in the Bible. But it's a conditional promise. Three steps. You have to uh, go You have to bear the precious seed. But there's one other thing in here that I think we fail at most of the time. And that's the word weepeth. Weeping. Weeping. Friend, can I tell you this evening, we are living in days that I'm only 31, I'm young. Some of y'all are older than me and y'all surely didn't ever think y'all be seeing some of the things y'all see. I mean, it makes me mad. I don't, I don't even want to watch the news. I don't, I don't care nothing about this world, the affairs, all this stuff. I don't even care. You know why? Because there's a world out there, hey, that needs the gospel. Hey, there's a world out there that needs this, that needs this book, and that needs the man that saved me, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, they need him. All the worldly affairs, hey, they can put to an end. I just want to serve Jesus. Hey, I just want to see people get saved. Hey, and if you're truly saved this evening, that'll be your true desire is to see people get saved. See their lives changed. But there's a weeping involved. Say quickly three things about this text here. How do we sow? How do we plant? And you understand if you've ever done any type of farming that no matter what you, whatever, whatever you sow in this life, whether it be tomatoes or squash or corn, whatever, it always needs water. Amen. Always needs water. Let me tell you how to become an effective soul winner. Weep. Simple but hard. Weeping. So your precious, so the precious text. You want to listen. You go out there. Hey, listen. You go out there. You first before you ever go outside the door, four walls of your house to try to be a to try to be a missionary. Try to be a uh, to try to be a soul winner. You ought to make sure first and foremost that you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You you ain't gonna you ain't gonna win nobody when you talk, act, lie. I mean, everything about your life is just like the world. You ain't gonna win nobody to Jesus. If you talk like them, they ain't going to see nothing special about you. 
Hey, if you dress like that, they ain't gonna say nothing special about. It. Hey, listen, if you if you like the same if, if you if you like the same interests that they most time you ain't gonna win them. But when they say there's something different about you, man, you're always happy. You're always joyful. Hey, that opens a door of opportunity for you to share the gospel with that person. So with the precious text, so with your personal testimony. This other time, I don't know how to win souls. Tell them about what Jesus did for you. You know what concerns me a lot of times is people, uh, and, I, and I'm just going to say this, I don't believe, I don't say it to be offensive, but I think a lot of times people don't go out and go soul in it because they really, what they've got ain't worth taking out. And I'll tell you right now, if, if I was coming around this room and say, I want everybody to stand up and give a profession of faith, tell me how Jesus saved you. If that makes you mad or if that makes you nervous, you need to be taken up tonight. Somebody tells me, if somebody asks me how did the Lord save you, you better just hold on a minute. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you from the age of 11, I'm going to tell about how, how I mean, the sin I got. I'm going to tell you all, and I'm going to tell you what Jesus did for me, how he changed my life. I'm going to tell you everything about it. It ain't going to make me mad. But if it make you mad, something wrong, friend. Hey, this world ought to know, hey, so with your personal testimony, but I want to say, so with your private tears. Weeping. We go back to our text here in Luke chapter 16. And I want to real quickly this evening see cries from hell that we need in the church. Cries from hell that we need in the church. Real quickly and I'll be done. I want to say number one that we need cries of of hell's miseries. We know the story here of the rich man and Lazarus. We find out that this rich man, he had everything he ever wanted. He had the good of life. He had, I mean, anything he wanted, he got. Anything he could have ever even thought of wanting, he had it. Amen. I mean, this man was rich. He thought he had it all until he took his final breath and then he began to make the great fall into the bottomless pit and to hell. This man fell and he fell and he fell and he fell. Hey, and as he fell, he got, long, he got farther away from peace. As he fell, he got farther away from joy. As he fell, he got farther away from the blessings of God. As this man fell, and as he fell, hey, he fell into misery. But if we were honest, this man most likely was already living, living a life of misery. See, this world out there, they have riches, they have goods, they have lots of things. I mean, they could roll out their bank account, man, and some of us probably be like, man, I, I ain't make that my entire life, and, and this guy's pulling this out in a year. And, 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 they, and we would think, man, they must have it all together. They, I mean, they got the nice car, they, but inside that person, there's misery. You know why they have so much and so much? It's because it's a constant looking for a filling. They're constantly looking for something to fill that void. They're constantly looking for, to cover up that hole hey, that, that, of their heart that is missing the Lord Jesus Christ. And so for that reason, yes, they need and they need and they need and they need. But their biggest need is the Lord Jesus Christ. But they're truthfully, they're just in misery. You know why this world acts the way they do? We act so surprised. How many times, I mean, somebody gets up there on the news and they, they, they make some stand, man, and they don't come out and they say something about abortion. They say something about same-sex marriage. And we, we're like, wow, I can't believe they said that. Man, we get so disappointed. They're sinners. We want people that are, I mean, cussing and spitting and drinking. We want them to get up there and lead us in the Lord's Prayer and think, hey, praise God, they're a Christian. No, friends, sinners are going to act how they're going to act. And because of their misery, they act the way they do. 
during these whole protests and these things, burning down buildings and all those things. You know what that is an act of? Of misery. They're misery. They're misery. They're acting out in rage and in anger because in all honesty inside, they are miserable human beings because they do not know Jesus. So they act out, they rage out. The Bible says the heathen rage. I mean, it's, it's obvious, friend. And the way they act that way is acting out of misery. Would to God that would break us. Would to God that would, that would cause us to stand back and think, man, those people, they're lost. They're angry, they're mad, they're, they're, they're spitting. I mean, they're, they're, they're throwing things at our flag and they're acting so wicked and vile. But oh God, let us see past those things and see that there's a fact, hey, that they're just miserable on the inside and need the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. I know how I was before Jesus saved me. Hated life, hated God, hated anything to do with religion. Hated myself. I'm glad God saved me. I'm glad He gave me hope. I'm glad He gave me joy. I'm glad He gave me peace. When's the last time you've cried over the misery of sinners? Oh God. Please, dear Lord, let them see their need. It's not some politician. Their need is not some movement. Their need is is not something in the White House. Their need is uh, not something of this world. But their need is you. Oh God, would you please show them their need? There's the cries of hell's miseries. And then we see here, we see the cries for honest missionaries. This is what this rich man here says. This man was a God, he he had no belief in God. Let me say this, he didn't die and go to hell because he was rich. I know good rich people. I know Christian people that are are rich. Amen. This man died and went to hell because of his unbelief. Listen, if you're basing your salvation this evening on, on some experience... Or if you're bracing your salvation, oh, I don't. I mean, worship sometimes. It you know, it, it, you know, it bothers me. You know, and it's always something material. It's all some type of work that bothers you. Just listen. That don't mean you're not saved. Just check up with God. He can show you where you're at with Him. Okay. Amen. Hey, we got. Listen, we got all this. We, we tell people, oh, you don't like shouting because you're not saved. Show me that in the Bible. Okay. Amen. Hey, we can confuse people. We mess people up on their salvation based on doing what works do. Amen. Hey, friend, let's just, just trust in Him. Amen. Hey, just trust in God for what He did for you. Hey, and let Him be the end of word and let Him settle it all. Praise God. Amen. We find here that this man, this rich man died not because of his, of his, of his riches but because of his unbelief. But we find here that there was a need for honest missionaries. Listen to what he says here. He says, then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, not to build him a house, not to feed him, not to, not to supply a good med team for him. I mean, that's modern day missions, amen. I mean, we, we give him a little happy sack with, you know, some, some food in it, some chicken nuggets, and build him a house, put a roof over their house, and man, we've done a great job for work, and we leave them, and we never share the gospel with them. That's not missions. Amen. 
I don't care what the SBA is doing. That's not what I'm doing. Amen. Hey, I'm to share the gospel with this lost and dying world. We find here that this man, he says, listen to what he says. He says that they, uh, verse 27, sent to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. His desire was for him, them to have honest missionaries. When you think of a missionary, you think of a missionary, you think of someone that goes to a foreign, foreign field and sees God do miraculous things and, I mean, starts a church and, I mean, does all that. And you, sometimes, if we're not careful, we get our eyes so set on missionaries and we think, man, I, I just wish God could do something like that with my life. Hold up a minute. He can. Amen. If you are saved, you are qualified as a missionary. Amen. If you don't like a title, sorry. You're a missionary. Hey, you are called. Hey, you are saved. Hey, listen, God did something in you. Hey, and that same thing he did in you. Hey, he desires for you to go and to share it with the world. Hey, for what he did for you, friend, it changed your life and it can change the life of the world. Honest missionaries. Let me ask you this question this evening. When's the last time a co-worker, a family member, a neighbor, somebody that you've took to the side and said, Hey, can I just ask you a question? I just want to ask you, very simple. I know it's a question that you're probably going to be shocked to hear, but if you were to die today, where, where would you go? Most of the time, people are going to look at you and go, Kind of like that. Hold up a minute. What are you doing to me? But most of the time, that's an open opportunity to share the gospel with someone. Here's what you'll get. Yeah, man, I go, I go to the church down the road. Oh, that's wonderful. I like this one. Well, who's the pastor? Oh, you know what? I, was, I can't remember his name. <laughs> okay. And then you can begin to talk with that individual about their soul. As I said a minute ago, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be ugly, and I, ought to th- I think, I mean, I've got some of these on me. We ought to be trying to invite people to church. I'm not, I'm not preaching against, please don't think that. But can I say there is another back to this card. You have an opportunity to say, hey, can I ask you real quickly, and just take the time to share. You say, but Josh, I'm nervous. That won't work when you stand before Jesus. Do you think, I mean, if you go up before Paul, <laughs> he said, I was just such a nervous individual. And then Paul gets up and says, I was shipwrecked, and man, I was in a den of thieves and everything, and I shared the gospel. Then here we go. <laughs> well, it ain't going to work. You say, I'm shy. I'm shy. I don't like standing for people. I don't like talking. Y'all ain't going to believe it. I don't like talking to people. I mean, listen, I get, in a, I get in a situation that's conflicting. I get nervous. But when we are filled with the Holy Ghost and we are led by the Holy Ghost, He speaks on behalf of us, amen, through us. And He channels through us what that sinner needs. Honest. Just be honest with people. Hey, don't pat them on the back and send them to hell. Hey, don't don't say God bless you. Hey, when they're drinking and living it up, hey, try to be a witness to them. Hey, be honest with them and let them know that their sin is gonna send them to hell. 
cries for honest missionaries. I'm going to tell you all something the Lord convicted me of, and this might sit well. I don't know. We'll see how it happens afterwards. Amen. But I was, and I may have shared this already, a couple years ago, oh, I don't even remember his name anymore. That quarterback from the 49ers, he gets out there and he kneels for the Pledge of Allegiance. I'll tell you, it made me mad. I was spitting mad, angry. Thinking of all the soldiers that fought for our country, all the firemen, police, all, everybody that's done something for that flag. I thought, I found myself mad. I found myself in a, in a sense of, of brokenness. But politically. And I was there one day, and I'll never forget looking at that and listening to the news about it all, getting all mad. And it, I, I believe with all my heart, it was the Holy Spirit pricked my heart. And he said, what about his soul? What about his soul? Yeah, he stood on the flag. Yeah, he desecrated hey, the United States of America. But what is he doing to me? What about his soul? What about the fact that he's lost? What about the fact that if that young man dies without me, he'll go to hell? What about that? I stood back and I said, Lord, forgive me. Because we get so upset over political things. Amen. And people dying and going to hell is just an afterthought. Honest missionaries. Just be honest. We need to stop playing the game. And just be honest with people. Stop, hey, stop acting like a Christian. If you're not saved, get saved. Get it settled, amen. Get out there and win somebody to Jesus, amen. Hey, if you are saved, you say, I'm nervous, I'm shy, I'm a little backwards. I mean, y'all know who I am? I mean, y'all know me from the time we came to this church. I'm as one of the most backwards as one in here, amen. And God took my life and sent me to a foreign field. If he can do it for me, friend, he can do it for you too. Just be honest. and Let God use your life. Honest missionaries, we see there was cries for honest missionaries. And can I say what we need in our day and time is we need honest missionaries. Hey, missionary people, hey, children of God, hey, that will go and just be honest with this world. Just be honest. I'll be honest with you this evening. What if, what if, I don't like playing the what if games, but it just is what it is. What if, what if America doesn't come back? Are we better than the Koreans? Are we better than the Chinese? Are we better than the Cubans? Are we better than any other nationality out over in this world hey, that has suffered hey, at the hand of government or that has suffered uh, because of the cause of Christ? Are we better than them? What if it comes to America? What if it comes to the point where they'll come in here and slay us, hey, for the gospel of Christ? Hey, what are we going to do about it? My goodness, and y'all please, I mean, we stopped going to church over COVID. People stopped coming to church because of COVID. I mean, well, I'm scared. What are we going to do when Taliban comes? Hey, what are we going to do when the devils come? Hey, what are we going to do? Honest. Honest missionaries. Because if America falls tomorrow and it never comes back, the gospel still needs to go forth. 
And you know what God did when Europe fell? He rose up the great United States of America to send out missionaries. And you know what God can do if the great states of America fall? He can rise up another country and they'll send out missionaries. Hey, to keep that gospel going for it. Hey, because that's my God and he died. He sent his son to die for this world and it don't matter the cost, friend. He will make sure the gospel will go forth. The cries for honest missionaries. The cries for his mansion. He's trying to be alliterated here. Something we learned in Bible college. C's and M's, amen. Couldn't think of a, another M for home. So I thought mansion. Because if your home's a true home, it's a mansion. It don't matter if it's a one level, two bedroom, one bath home. If it's spiritual and if it's right, what the Bible calls a home, then it's a mansion to you. Praise God. Cries for his mansion. This man had five brethren. He said, please send them to my five brethren. This man was in hell. And his main concern was his brethren, his family. Some of y'all this evening got kids. It's never been saved. This man was crying out for his mansion. When's the last time you've cried out for those kids? When's the last time you've, you've gotten yourself and in your place of prayer, maybe even at family altar time, and said, God, please save my kids. Oh, God, please save my kids. Lord, please don't let my kids die and go to hell. Oh, God, please, Lord, save them. He cries for his mansion. Here's my desires. If I go out there and I went all of Guatemala to Jesus and my five youngins die and go to hell, I failed. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. My first ministry are those five youngins back there. Mama, your first mission field are those kids God's given you. Daddy, your first converts Ought to be desired, your first converts that you desire to win ought to be those kids. For his mansion. Some of y'all got grandkids. Some of y'all got grandkids that are lost. And if they don't get saved, they will die and go to hell. I don't care if they're seven, eight years old. If the Holy Spirit of God has came to them, pricked their hearts, showed them they're a sinner, and they've not been saved... That child, at whatever age of accountability it may be, he will die and go to hell. When's the last time you've cried for your family? When's the last time you've wept over them? Daddy, when's the last time you've wept over them kids? God's given you the greatest ministry in having children. When's the last time you've wept and cried and, and asked and begged God to save them? We see the cry for his mansion, and then we see the cries for holy messages. Lord, if we need anything in this day and time, it's just good Bible preaching. Amen. You know what I loved about our Jubilee this year? It was good a few I mean, a few times it really it got really out there when it was when the singing was going. I mean, it got, but you know what I felt like was really good about our Jubilee this year? Preaching. Dead on every message. 
I'm all for the shouting and the glory. I love it. But what we need in this day and time is preaching. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. Preaching. We need preaching. We need preaching. We need holy message. This man cried for a holy message of uh, the message of warning. He said, testify him that he may also come into this place of torment. He said, let him know that this is a place of torment. Let them know. You know what people in prison will tell you? Hey, you know what they'll say, man, I wouldn't ever want my kids here. I, I wouldn't ever want my family here. They'll tell you that. And you know why? Because prison ain't no place hey, for a family to be. It ain't no place for anybody to be. I've never met a prisoner say, man, I wish my family was in here with me. <laughs> never met one. It's a place of warning. You know what we need? We need messages of warning. We need people that will just warn people. We need, we need Christians that will say, hey, listen, the way that you're living right now, you are going to end up in a devil's hell. Message of warning. And then we find that the verse here, verse 30, it says, but if one went to them from the dead, listen, they will repent. Wow. I've said this in some of the, the meetings we've been in, that you know, maybe some of the preachers in the meeting really aren't big on repentance, <laughs> that the rich man and Hal had more doctrine than they did. Amen. There's, believe it or not, there's a crowd out there that believes all you got to do is say, one, two, three, Jesus saved me, and then it's all said and done. Amen. There's no repentance involved. And there's a lot of repentance involved in salvation. Here, here this man finds, hey, that there is a message of repentance, but and also a message of the gospel. Look, look what he says in verse 31. Though one rose from the dead. They knew it. I mean, if they, if they reject this, they're definitely going to reject Jesus. We need people that'll just be simple. Listen, to be a soul winner, it's not something complicated. Listen, to be somebody that, that wants to, to be a soul winner, listen, it's not, you don't have to have a, a certain level of theology. Amen. Hey, just, just tell people what Jesus did for you and let them know that He can do the same for them. 7.8 something billion people. On the face of this earth. And even though we are in what we consider the Bible Belt, there are still a lot of people in Rossville, Georgia, Fort Oglethorpe, Ringgold, Chattanooga, Flintstone, Lookout Mountain, East Lake, East Chattanooga, all these places. You say, but they're, they're, they're Latino. It's not getting me started on that. Amen. But I, I'm just. So this, I left some gospel tracts back there that are in Spanish. I hope to see them gone after the service. Amen. You say, but I can't speak Spanish. Okay. We're living in 2021. You can have somebody a Spanish gospel track. Pray they read it when they get home. Listen, we're, listen, God help me, but listen, we, I've heard people say, well, that's ain't the Spanish are coming, you know, what are we going to do? Illegals, illegals, illegals. And I mean, why don't we try to win them to Jesus? I mean, if we don't want them to go full-blown Democrat, I mean, let's get them, hey, let them see them get saved and then they'll vote right and they'll do right. Amen. They may go back to the country right. Amen. 
That's our mindset. It's political. But this thing ain't political, friend. Hey, we need to get spiritual in our, in our approach to soul winning. You say they're black. Who cares? Tell them about Jesus. You say they're Spanish. Who cares? Tell them about Jesus. You say they're a sodomite. Who cares? Tell them about Jesus. In East Chattanooga, man, you, you drive three blocks and find five people shooting up. They need Jesus. I was eating out one day with a couple of preachers and encouraged someone to do something. I said, man, I'll try this. I'd like to do this every once in a while. I said, oh man, that's dangerous. Where in the Bible does serving God say it's safe? I know you got to use tact. I know those things. But if the reason you won't go win somebody to Jesus is because you're afraid of your own personal well-being, you are a selfish individual. Paul, or or, it was Stephen, it was Stephen that died for the gospel's sake. Other men died for the gospel's sake. And we're afraid of getting cussed out. We're afraid of getting knocked in the face. It's the gospel. The gospel. The gospel is what will change the life of people. Cries for holy messages. What kind of message you're carrying around? Hypocrisy? A message of religion? A message of happy and joy? Or are you carrying around the gospel? We find that it is a holy message, and then we find that it is a hurried message. 2021, we're in a, the world of ecumenicalism, and I mean, it's everywhere. And here's what I hear amongst a lot of churches, a lot of different denominations and stuff is this, is I'm just going to let the love of Jesus be my witness. I'm just going to love people to Jesus. It's shallow. When, you're, when your witness don't go anywhere more past than you putting a smile on and buying, some, buying somebody a piece of bread, if that's as far as your witnessing goes, that's pretty shallow. Do more. Make the gospel the center point of everything you do. That person you work with, let them know the gospel. You'll stand before God one day and you'll have to give a reason why you didn't. So you might as well go ahead and do it now. <laughs> I believe this. We'll be there at the great white throne judgment. We won't be being judged, but we'll be in that crowd. And I, I just believe this with all my heart because the Bible says where he is, we'll be with him. Hey, and friend, I believe we'll be sitting around that throne. And I believe there'll be some people that come before him and they'll say, depart from me, you work of iniquity, I never knew you. And they're going to look in the crowd and think, man, why didn't, you te- why didn't you tell me? Man, I worked with you. I lived next door to you. I saw you at the restaurant. Hey, you were my friend. The gospel. Here's the point of it this evening, friend, is the weeping. Weeping. When's the last time you've not, not just at an altar, because I'm not trying to get you to come to an altar, but in your personal life, 
your personal prayer time. You've took time and said, God, I, I know, you know, I need, you know my needs. You know my physical disabilities. You know my physical needs. You know all those things. But I, I just need to take time out a minute because i got a list about a mile long of people I want to see get saved by the good grace of God. God, I'm asking you, please, God, so Jocelyn, she needs to be saved. Oh, God, would you so David and Nicole? Oh, God, would you so Tomasa and, and Wendy and Christina and all these? Would you please, dear God, will you show them that they need to be saved? Oh, God, I got uncles and I got family members, God, that are lost, Lord. I need you, God, to do your part and to see, let them see themselves as sinners. Because if not, they'll die and go to hell. How's your weeping this evening, church? How's your burden for this lost and dying world? I don't, I don't, my goal wasn't to try to offend nobody, and I pray to God I didn't offend nobody. I wasn't trying to be other, but I'm just, we ain't got time. Just keep playing the card of religion and church and going through the motions and going to church and being faithful just to church. Hey, it's time that the children of God, hey, you look in the Bible. Hey, children of God in the Bible were warriors for Jesus. Hey, didn't, they didn't just hold back and go through the mission. Hey, they made that, they got the job done. Church, we got to get about our Father's business because we ain't got time.